Welcome back to the A to Z of godly relationships for singles. Today I want to talk about finding love in lockdown and I want to get straight into it because there's so much I think to cover on this one and it's interesting because we are now in lockdown for the second time and um, we're finding that this year, the whole year really, has been pretty much Uh, a form of restriction on what we would normally do, what we would like to do, what we would have liked to see happen. And here we are, it's November 2020, the year is almost over, and there are those who feel that, you know, this was their year. So many of us were looking forward to 2020. It felt as if 2020 would hold such great things, and it's turned out to be a bit of a disappointment. In fact, a huge disappointment for so many. Um, Some people have had real breakthroughs, especially with businesses and things like that. And there's been others who have started businesses and have struggled in this season. So it's been a really difficult time overall for everybody. And even if it hasn't directly affected you, there's some people who are living in fear that it will. And there's some people who are um, worried that their jobs might go or finances might lessen. Or there are people who are struggling in relationships and marriages. There are people who really, like myself, really struggled with the homeschooling of their children. Um, And so it's just been a real sort of topsy-turvy time for so many people. But in particular, with regards to meeting people, finding love, finding getting into a relationship and settling down... If you felt that this was your year, it could feel as if it's been a huge disappointment for you. And so I want to have a look at that. I want to break that down. I want to share some bits and pieces that I've, um, you know, of conversations that I've had with people, um, obviously not naming anybody, but just the views and feelings and discussions and things that I've had. Um, As I've said in previous podcasts, I, I talk about relationships all the time every day there is a conversation whether it's with a married person a dating person a single person um you know whether I'm doing a podcast whether I'm preparing for something relationships is very much my world and so I come across so many people talking about relationships and in particular in this particular season online seems to be the place to go because we're so restricted but I'm going to break that down. I'm going to break that down. Let's get into it. Looking online, the first thing I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, the first thing I guess to ask is why? Why are people looking online? Are more people looking online? One of the things about online is we don't know, do we? You have those that will hold their hands up and say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm registered with, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm registered with dating sites. And therefore, I'm looking online, I'm actively looking online, I have been for ages, for years, you know, however long. Um, and there are those who prefer to do keep that as more of a secret. It's more personal to them, they don't want to admit it, they feel as if there's a stigma attached to it. But one thing I have to say is that when we, we being my husband and I, when we run our pre-marriage courses and things like that, and we often say to people, so how did you meet? More and more people are saying online. And it, it's either that more people are meeting online or people are not seeing it as much as a stigma anymore. And they're being honest and saying that they've met online. Um, either way, online has become the thing. Now, how much more in lockdown? Because to be honest, with the first lockdown, we were pretty much shut away in our houses 
and our phones and our laptops became our contact with the outside world. And whether that was ordering shopping online or buying things online, dating was very much a thing, very much an area that people were looking into because it felt as if, you know, well, how else am I going to meet somebody? Because I can't go out. I can't get out there. I can't do what I normally do. I'm not doing my journeys to work and back and, and, and going to church and all of that kind of thing. So I want to break it down. People are looking online. We know that. I believe more people, absolutely more people are looking online right now. Question is, why are they doing that? One of the things is they're bored. People are bored. People are not doing the same activities. They're not out in the gym. They're not going out for drinks. They're not meeting friends the way they used to. So they're bored and they begin to browse. They're curious. Um, One person I spoke to said, "I I sign up to loads of sites, but I only go to the the level where it's free. I don't pay, um, but I just, I'm just curious to see what's out there. I'm just looking, I'm just browsing. I think many people are doing that because you don't want to commit necessarily and you don't necessarily want to register. And so you take the free option and you just browse and see what's available to you. Um, another reason why people are looking, as I said before, is a whole year has passed um, and it feels like time may be running out. You know, if you would imagine that you'd be in a relationship by now, whether that's an age thing or a a pressure thing or a parent's pressure thing or just seeing other people in relationships, a whole year has gone by. And that can feel for some people like a very long time that has been somewhat wasted, air quotes. Um, And so that's why they're looking online, because it feels as if time is going. So we need to get out there and have a look. Some people have had more time to just reflect on life, to sit back and think, hold on a second, our whole year has gone by. Um, Never imagined that we'd be in this place. We never imagined we'd live in a world where we would be locked down, where we would be so restricted, where everything would be so monitored, you know, and tracking and tracing. And if you go into a restaurant, you have to, you know, scan the QR code and register that you've been there so that your details are there. And who were you? How many people were with you? And, you know, it feels so monitored. And actually, there's an element of a lack of freedom, freedom that we didn't really appreciate before. Suddenly, here we are, restricted and logged everything is monitored and therefore it's it's a time of reflection it it must be for I certainly is for me it must be for so many people you're reflecting upon how short life is and how bizarre it feels because we could never imagine that this this situation we're in would be our reality for some people it's just loneliness just loneliness you know You think about what you could be doing if you had somebody to share lockdown with. Now, there are those who do have someone to share lockdown with and they're struggling because they've never been so forced together. You know, there's the, 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 I suppose, that freedom of going, separating and going to work or meeting with friends or going to the gym or, or, you know, other activities, going for a run. There's time to get away time to have some distance so that you come back together refreshed in some way or with a story to tell or you know that kind of activity going on 
But for those who are lonely or those those who are single, which is not necessarily, you're not necessarily lonely because you are single. But if you are single and you live alone, for example, there may be a level of loneliness that has crept in. Um, and you begin to think about, if I had someone, I could be cooking together. We could be, I could be having sex. If I was married, I could be, you know, planning things. We could be creating a business together. I could get creative with that person, you know, and pull out all of our, our giftings and our talents and see what God wants to do with our, you know, our abilities, for example. So that loneliness is heightened because it, there, there wasn't the option. And again, we're in lockdown. And it doesn't feel as if this lockdown is is as severe as the first one. But the fact is we are in lockdown. And so that freedom feels even, you know, there's even less freedom than there was even a couple of weeks ago, months ago, days ago. Um, Why are we looking online? It's, It's become the norm, hasn't it? everything is is technology now everything has gone online the things that were available um in person or face to face church is online it's become almost normal you know um in my church we have gone back into our building and we have been doing services live um since august but many churches have not and now that we've gone back into lockdown we've gone back online again for the next 4 weeks at least and so there is that restriction so where that's become the norm, um, you know, buying food, buying clothing, everything online, businesses are online, you know, everything has become available to us online. So why not love? Why not dating? So even if you weren't the type of person who would go online and go on dating sites or go on social media, now you are because it seems to be the thing to do. It seems to be the only option. So if, if all of that is happening, these are the reasons why we're going online. What are you finding? When you go online, what are you finding on there? Well, this is the bit where I have to listen to the feedback of the people I have around me, the young people that I mentor, the, the older people who are, you know, maybe my peers and friends who are using these facilities and I'm speaking to them. And these are the kinds of things that I'm hearing. The first one I want to go over is that dating online feels so fast. It's so fast paced. It's like, well, it's a dating site. We both know why we're here. Let's skip all the niceties and just get into what is it you're looking for? What are your requirements? Here is what I need. Now, if you meet somebody face to face, there is almost an organic, natural progression of the surface level, then going a little bit deeper, beginning to ask questions, especially if you are in that discovery stage where you are dating, for example, or before the stage where you're actually dating, where you're just discovering, I guess, let's call it discovering, where you might be going for coffee, going to watch a movie, going for walks, meeting as groups, you know, groups of friends you would have conversation, you would ask questions, you would show interest in each other's day, in each other's family, friends, history, where you studied, if you're still studying, what are you studying, how are you finding studying, you know, all the niceties and all this sort of small talk as well, that seems to be missing online. And I'll tell you why, because what we say is far more in content than what we type. 
type in, even if you have the fastest typing speed, if you type in shorthand, the fact is nobody wants to or has the time to type out everything that you would ordinarily say. So there's a real cut down in communication of, of, the, of the, the amount of content, the, qu- the quantity of content is really cut down online, like hugely, because you just almost want to get to the point because you don't want to spend hours and hours and hours typing. Now, this is particularly in the people I've spoken to, particularly with guys, guys don't really want to spend reams and reams and reams of of time and of content and lines and paragraphs of content typing it out to do the niceties so what often happens is you may get posts things that have been forwarded you may get you know the scripture of the day where they can just hit a couple of buttons and send that through to you followed by how's your morning been how's your day been how did you sleep you know and you might even be lucky to get that much you know um and so it's really 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 cut down and that's been a a huge frustration for the women that I've spoken to because they want to have the build-up they want to have the chase and the the kind of and and they don't necessarily want a sexualized chase you know that's another thing that sometimes the guys go straight into the physical you know, they comment on your appearance or they begin to um, ask questions about your appearance or they ask for full length photos when you've posted a headshot because they want to see the physical. Now that can work both ways also. I think women also want to see the physical, but we might take a bit longer to get there. We may be curious, but not necessarily ask, but there seems to be this, you know, this um, hidden form of permission where guys feel as if they can go straight in and ask, you know, about the physique or about, you know, I've, I've had people say to me that guys have asked them, do you like kissing? Like really, really early on in the um, introductory stage and they go straight in and ask things like that, which is can be really off-putting if you're not that way inclined. And especially if you're a woman of God, you're a man of God, you don't necessarily want to go straight in with that you probably don't want to hear it at all um but it's very much it's very much out there um there is so many uh comments that I've heard around it's just too intense it's too fast it's too quick it's too personal you're going straight in with personal questions and it's not not appreciated at all and that can shut somebody down that can lead to the whole you know block and delete it's gone you've lost me it's too much another things that another thing that I've heard that people find frustrating is the the pet names you know hi honey hi sweetness all that kind of thing when we've you know communicated twice it's too familiar too familiar and uh, I know the ladies in particular don't really appreciate it because as much as they've desired that and they want that eventually and they want that to be something that their 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 future spouse their husbands their fiancés will do when I've only spoken to you twice it feels a little bit familiar to be calling me honey bun or sweetness um it, it, it's it feels very fake because I don't really know you and so it feels as if it's something you would do with everybody you would call everyone that name because if you don't know me and you're calling me that name then clearly it's just a, a form of vocabulary for you that's how it can feel that's how it can feel um what what I'm also hearing is that you get the same types of people 
whether it's the same sort of characters, same looks, um, the same kind of uh, things being said. That's what it feels like. I've heard so many people are saying that it's just, it's nothing, nothing's really standing out. No one is different. No one's coming with something different or something fresh or new. It just feels like the same old, same old, you know, the same questions, for example. So, you know, tell me about your family. Do you have brothers and sisters? Where did you go to school? Where did you study? Where did you, you know, it's the same old stuff. So it gets boring because another thing online is that, you know, for a lot of people, they will, you know, like several people for example, and they may choose several people. So they, they may be communicating with several people at one time. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I guess that's for you to decide. But it feels as if there's a script that's being used for everybody. And so it can feel very distant and very fake. Um, another thing is that it feels really disingenuous. It's not really... it. You know, I guess there's, when you meet people in person, there's some form of attraction. Yeah, I've spoken about this before. Even if it's just on a friendship level, there's a form of attraction that draws two people together and causes them to continue on beyond, you know, the, the exchanged gaze or the look or the hello or the introduction. It causes them to continue on in that relationship whether that be friendship or a loving relationship or moving on to marriage there's something there and online that's missing that's missing because you don't know the person you haven't seen them somebody can look stunning in a photograph but when you meet them in person there's just something the fact that they they always they keep sniffing or they chew with their mouth open or they constantly flick their hair that way or they what what is it there's so many little things you know things about people that can turn somebody off in person that's missing online you can't see it you can't see it um and especially if it's a still photo and it's typing as opposed to speaking all of that stuff is missing. It's all whitewashed. It's all gone. It could be absolutely anybody on the other end. And we'll talk about that a little bit further in. Um, in fact, no, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about the catfishing. Let's say, let's say for what it is. There are people who are posting images. Even if the image is of themselves, it could be from 10 years ago. It could be, you know, a, a, a graduation photo. And this person is now in their 50s. Um, and that graduation may have taken place in the early 20s or 30s, you know, you're not getting what you're seeing. And so it can be very, very misleading. So that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And I think that's the biggest reason why when somebody makes contact with another person, they begin to ask for more photographs and they ask for photographs that are casual. That's another thing I'm hearing. They're asking for, give me some casual photos, which means without all the makeup, without the latest, the sharpest trim, without the um, filters, without, you know, that it being historical, Send me some photos of you now. Send me pictures you took of yourself yesterday, you know, where you haven't had time to touch them up and filter them and, you know, change the lighting and do all the stuff that phones and cameras can do nowadays. Um, That is often the case, that they want to see something current. And, you know, it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. As much as it sounds frustrating because you think, well, I've got 
five photographs, headshots, full shots, sitting, standing, you name it. I've got all of that on my profile. Why are you asking me for more photos? Well, it's probably because they want to see the real you as opposed to the posed for you. Um, So I, I try not to be offended by that. Try to think, well, maybe this is why, you know. Um, and another thing I'd add is that a lot of women say that men move too quickly, which is, is kind of similar to my earlier point. They're moving too quickly in the sense that they're asking for phone numbers straight away. They don't want to stay on the chat that is within the dating site. Um, they're asking for more pictures, as I just said, because they want to see the current you and they're asking to meet up. Now, this works both ways. I'm not saying it's just men that does that, that do that. But I tend to speak to more women about it. And so this is what I'm hearing. Um, You know, people are asking to meet up quite quickly after making contact with each other. And that can be a huge turn off because it's, well, I'd rather get to know you a bit more. But the person who's asking is thinking, well, I just don't want to spend hours and hours and hours typing. I don't. I really don't. And to be honest, I'm the same. I'm not good at that. I'll very, very quickly go to a voice note rather than if it's more than three sentences, maybe I'm going to go to a voice note because I'm constantly moving and and, and I just don't type very quickly on my phone and and then making sure that the tone is right and I hope it doesn't come across. I have to put in another sentence to kind of explain what I'm saying so it doesn't come across in the wrong way and I need to use some emojis so that I can, you know... you know that I'm not being, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not upset about something. So I just think, oh, I'm just going to go to a voice note so you can hear my tone. I can explain further. Um, I'm a talker, as you probably gathered. So I happily send voice notes. Um, but if that facility isn't available or you're not ready for that, it can be, it can feel frustrating that somebody's moving too quickly. So those are some of the concerns around, um, online dating. Um, and what you know, my feedback really on what people are finding when they're going online. When we talk about online dating, people sometimes assume it immediately means dating sites. But actually, let's look at where people could be meeting online or where people are desiring to meet online or the facilities that are being used. Just going to name a few because there are so many, you know, platforms out there. But The obvious one is the dating sites. I won't name them because I'm not trying to promote any of them. And I certainly don't know all of them. It's not something I frequent (laughs) at all. Um, But yeah, there's the obvious dating sites. And then there's the social media. So, you know, the, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Snapchats and all these other places as well that people are meeting. More and more people are meeting on social sites because they're jumping in the DMs and they're, you know, friending people and liking each other's posts and things like that. And I find that um, I'm not someone who is constantly on social media, but I do recognise that when I post something, which isn't as often as I I want to or should, um, there are certain people who will like my post first or very early on um, and those people become familiar you know, I, I, I almost, I recognize them as they come through. It might be because I don't have that many followers. (laughs) That could be why I'm sure if you have a million followers, that wouldn't be the case. And you maybe wouldn't be sitting and looking at who has liked your post. You'd probably be on that. Um, I'm still there. Uh, so I do check out and see who's looking, um, you know, but 
what happens is that you begin to become familiar with the followers and the people that respond or maybe leave a comment and you might check out their profile and see what they're saying and what they're doing and what their images are and that way you can actually meet people as well and I know a few people who have met like that um, and then you might leave a comment and then you might go into the, the, the direct messaging so that's another where another place that people can meet online and then there's obviously been so many zoom meetups single events even your your you know your work zoom calls there are people on screen and the thing is some people will come on screen and they'll turn off their cameras that's fair enough but there are those who keep their camera on and you observe I mean sometimes these zoom meetings go on and on and on don't they and you need to look somewhere so you're looking at the people that are on the screen and you're looking at what they're doing the way they respond how they work on camera you know what sort of thing they they um are you know you get those that come on and they're eating a full lunch whilst they're having the meeting or breakfast or you know having a drink or something and you may see that there's certain characteristics or behaviors about that person person that are drawing you in and so it can be another way of meeting um with the singles events as well I mean I don't really understand why people go on to single events zoom meetups or meetings so it might not be an intentional you know let's hook you up here type thing it might just be that it's a group of single people discussion discussing a particular topic and then they turn the camera off so I'm thinking that's an opportunity for you to meet people, for people to meet you and you have your camera off. And so is it is it fair? That's a question. Is it fair that you turn off your camera when, you know, everybody else has theirs on, yours is off. Um, so you're kind of looking in, you're, you're almost spying in and, and seeing what's going on but nobody can see you. Is that fair? I'm not saying it's not. I'm just asking the question, is that fair? Um you know, I think it's an opportunity. And if you know you're going on the call, get ready. I'm going to cover that later in the, in this, in this, um, episode, but get yourself ready because it's not a surprise. Now we all have those days where I have those days where one of my clients will message me and say, can can we jump on a zoom call? I just need to discuss. And I think, ah, I'm not, I'm not camera ready right now. Now to solve that problem, I just get ready in the morning just in case. Now, some days I'm really not up for it. I don't feel like it. I don't have to leave the house in the morning. I'm in my dressing gown. I'm in the house clothes or whatever. So I don't. But if there's a possibility that could happen and it has happened to you, um, I saw an incredibly funny, um, um, what would we call it? It's not really a meme, but it's something someone posted on their, their, I think it's on their status. And it had me in absolute absolute hysterics with a woman and you may have seen it but it's a a black woman who is sitting on a zoom call (laughs) in her house she's obviously got her camera off she's removing the extensions from her hair her braids from her hair so she's cutting the braids and unraveling them she's drinking what looks like I don't know if it's a beer or something from a bottle like a Guinness or something I don't know and then suddenly and she's she's not dressed necessarily for the camera um and then suddenly the person on the on the zoom call says oh can you switch your, flick your camera on so we can hear from you about this latest project or whatever? And she freaks out. And honestly, it, it had me in hysterics um, because I thought that's the reality for some of us. We're not camera ready, but we go on camera. And um, it might be worth making that effort because you never know who's watching. And if your desire is to meet somebody, then you do need to make yourself available and be intentional about being seen, you know, um, rather than just buying the land. So thinking about now how we, um, how we go online, 
with social media, with the Zoom meetups, they tend to be free. So you can browse your social media and see what's available. You can look and see who's online, if there's anybody available and all that kind of thing. But with the dating sites, there are different types of sites, there's different availability and there's different levels. So do you pay a membership? Should you pay a membership? Does membership give you a better selection of people? Does it allow you to um, see more information? Does it allow you to see a better clientele? Do you feel that if you pay a membership, you're expecting a better standard or level of person? Do you only stick with the free version because you're not serious? You're just seeing, you're just curious, you're just spying the land, you're just seeing what's out there, but you're not really, I mean, if it happens, then great, but you're not really intentionally looking to meet somebody. Is that the case? And if you do pay for membership, how much do you pay? I mean, there are sites that are in their hundreds and thousands. There are sites that promise you that they will meet, you know, pair you with somebody. There are sites that are for specific types of people. So, for example, there's a site for younger women looking for older men. Um, I'm not going to name names um, of the sites, but that's the kind of thing they're looking for. There are sites if you are a professional in a particular field and you want to meet somebody in a similar field who may understand your, your work ethic more than somebody who isn't in that field. For example, are these good things? Is this a bad thing? Can you only go on those sites if you are yourself in that profession? Or should you be able to go onto the sites for doctors and lawyers, for example, if you're not a doctor or lawyer? What's your view? Um, If you are paying for those premium sites, are you expecting an outcome within a period of time? Are you saying, well, I expect to meet somebody within three months and be able to move on with my life with this person, you know, marrying this person, for example. What's your expectation of different types of sites? Do you settle for less because it's a free site or a free, um, you know, you haven't paid, you haven't signed up for the paid membership. So do you expect less? What's your view? Um, If I mean, the name of this podcast is Finding Love in Lockdown. So this is not purely about being online, but we've covered a lot online because we're locked down. So people are going online. But if you are meeting people in person, or if you're wanting to meet people in person, then where? Where do you meet them? Now, people often ask me, how do I meet people? How, where do I go? What do I do to meet people? If I ask a question to people who have met people, who are in relationships, who are married. There is such a broad spectrum of where people have met and how they have met and when they have met, i.e. when they were at school, when they're at university, at work, in the gym, at church, so many, so many. There isn't a hard and fast rule and it really depends on your character. I'm the type of person that will speak to people. I'm not I'm not that person who speaks to everyone and anyone anywhere. But I I take opportunities not because I'm intentionally trying to find someone because I'm married. And even when I was single, I was probably similar 
I find it easy to talk to people um, and especially if people are responsive, I can very quickly go into a deeper level of conversation with you. If you're non-responsive, then I'll kind of back off and I'll leave it and I'll, well, it becomes a bit one-sided. Um, and so I will, you know, for example, if there's a queue in a car park and I'm walking to my car, so I'm about to vacate a space, I will say to the nearest person, Um, who's in the right position, if you like, to be able to get into the space I'm about to pull off. I'll say, I'm about to pull out. If you give me a couple of minutes, you can take my space. And that can start a conversation, although, of course, there's a queue of cars waiting. But just approaching somebody or like when I'm in a queue and I see, for example, I will go to a store somewhere like Zara, for example. Now, my local Zara has one queue for people who are doing exchanges and returns and another queue for people who are purchasing and I will often see people because the queues can be quite long people will just go and stand in a queue that same Zara also has self-service tills within their changing room area in the ladies section most people many people don't know that it's there so if I I'm standing in the returns queue and I see people who have a new item in their hand and I can't see it's not obvious to me that they have a a bag or a box or you know items that they're returning I will say to them excuse me are you just purchasing because there are other queues or there's a self-service deals and some will say oh no 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 I am returning it's just in a bag and I couldn't see it or they'll say oh thank you so much now I've had opportunities where that has started up a conversation so the person is actually returning they're remaining in the queue and now we start talking And so there are ways to start talking to people wherever you are. But it really depends on your character. For some of you listening, you'll think, oh my goodness, that would fill me with dread. I absolutely would not ever do that. And that's fine. But then recognize that if you are that type of character, then there's going to find, you need to find other ways to meet people. If If you're that person that prefers to stay in the background and, you know, possibly sign up to zoom meetups but keep your camera off then do recognize that the chances of you meeting somebody may be narrowed down and therefore you may need to put in more effort in the areas where you are comfortable or where you are confident and for you that might be starting behind the scenes on dating sites where you can remain anonymous to a degree all they can see is what you put on there So the the images that you want to be seen and the conversation that you want to have and you can pause and you can stop and you can think about your responses. You can type and delete and go back and copy and paste and all of that. And it gives you time to process and think and, 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 you know, think of new things to say. Whereas somebody like me, I can be quite off the cuff and quite, you know, at heart, I can just go with it. And so I'm happy to meet people for the first time face to face. So consider who you are, consider your character, consider whether you need work on that or whether you're comfortable where you are, but need to look at different areas for meeting people. At the moment, um, 
our churches, most of our churches are closed. As I said earlier, mine isn't. Well, it is now because we've just gone into the lockdown for the next four weeks. But uh, we've been open since August and we intend to reopen the first week of December. Um, And so people are coming to church. We've just had to introduce a new service time because the two services that we, in-person services that we had were full. And so we've had to introduce a new service time because obviously we have a lot less seating than we would have done before. And so we're trying to accommodate the numbers of people who do want to physically attend church right now. And without boring you and giving you too much detail, the role that I play at the moment in my church allows me to observe the people, the people that are walking into the services. And I'm seeing a full range of people. I'm seeing married couples who come and sit together. I'm seeing families. I'm seeing single parent families who are bringing their children with them. I'm seeing individual people who are coming. I'm seeing older, younger. I'm seeing different races. So I can't honestly say that the churches are being so restricted right now, whereby there is a type of person that isn't really attending. But that's my experience. For you, it may be that you attend a church that hasn't reopened and therefore you're online. Now, some people will be online via YouTube or Facebook, but there are some smaller churches, for example, who are online via Zoom where you can see each other. Is that an opportunity for you to see someone, meet someone, be engaged in something, um, think about other... And, and I don't imagine that there is any church that would not want you to join their services right now. So if your church isn't providing you with the facility to be able to attend or watch online, is it an option? We've had a number of people from other churches attend our church because it's open. And that's another opportunity to meet people who ordinarily wouldn't be there. Are you taking that opportunity or are you kicking back and thinking, well, if the world and the government are saying we're locked down, then I'm just going to sleep on Sundays and I'm just not going to take part in any of the prayer meetings or the young people meetings or, you know, the women's meetings, men's meetings. I'm not going to be involved. Um, And again, that's your choice. That's your choice. But are you limiting your options? Um, With regards to those who have returned to work, um, you'll be traveling in you. The the, 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 um, transport won't be as full as it has been before and is that giving you more opportunity to speak to people to see people so you're not squished together on the underground um are you seeing people that maybe you wouldn't have observed before is there more time in your actual workplace to meet people that you maybe haven't seen before because there's a limited number of people in the space and therefore you may now see some see someone you hadn't really observed before or noticed before One of the greatest limitations I'm finding right now, and as I've said, and I will keep saying, I'm not someone who's looking for a relationship right now, um, but everyone's wearing masks. Everybody's covering their faces, apart from those who are exempt or those who, you know, they don't want to be dictated to, so they're refusing to wear a mask. But the majority of people are wearing a mask right now. And even the people I already know, I'm struggling to recognize. I'm struggling to see them. And so that has put a huge restriction on being able to physically see a person. But has it? Has it restricted you or has it given you a new opportunity to meet people without being judged by the physical appearance. We have these um, programs, I think it's Love is Blind, and programs like that, Dating in the Dark and all that kind of thing, where the emphasis is 
let's not see the physical person let's work on the character let's work on the personality let's you know work with the voice if that's all you have wearing these masks is that giving us another opportunity to not just look at the physical side of somebody and not just be seen for what you look like but actually dig a bit deeper and have a conversation as much as you can through a mask um does that present a a negative challenge for you or are you seeing it as a positive opportunity to meet people without seeing just the outside shell so now let's move on now um and, and 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 i want to ask the question who are you looking for what type of person does the person need to be the perfect match on paper so for example when you are on online dating are you looking at what the person has written the profile um you know i watched um a program i'm i'm sorry very behind so many people have already seen it but i watched a program on netflix called <clears throat> excuse me called indian matchmaking and i absolutely loved it i loved the program i'm not saying i loved the process or you know and all of that but i found it really really insightful um and there were elements of it that i absolutely loved and there were other parts of it that i probably wouldn't um go with if i was a single person but what i really loved was that they had these bio datas and on these forms on these sheets it's all the information about the person and the matchmaker would often choose people or match people according to their interests or their background or their um their race um you know where they were born what sort of you know experiences they've had um and the criteria that the individual that she would interview was looking for and so she would list all of that but then quite often the case was well I've met all of those things and you still don't work. It still doesn't click. And so what re- what was really good, and this might be an activity that you want to do for yourself, is to actually do a bio data on yourself and see what's important to you, what you feel is important to you, and then realize that actually are those things essential? For example, there was one lady without be, you know, spoiler alert, there was one lady on there who was um, of Guyanese descent. Um, but she, her, her ancestors were Indian, but she was born and, um, in Guyana and her parents and everything. And her, I think about three generations were born in Guyana in the Caribbean, but they were now living in the US. Um, and she felt it was really important for her to meet somebody who had the same history and background with regards to race. And she felt that it would be easier because she felt that as an Indian Guyanese woman living in the US she faced challenges with other Indian families accepting her so if she met a guy the guy's family would often sort of reject her or question whether she was really of Indian descent because actually many of her generations of her family lived in were born and lived in the Caribbean and now lived in the US, so it was very different. And so she felt if she met someone who also had a Guyanese heritage, then they would understand that and it would make things a lot easier. And the matchmaker found that for her and she met the guy and it didn't work. It just didn't work at all. And so what would be what would your bio data say? What is essential to you? And what is hmm a, what, what what's um what's essential and what's preferred? And there is a difference between the two. 
And that might be an activity that you'd like to do for yourself or even do it with a friend, you know, someone who knows you very well. Um, I'm thinking to do this activity soon with a group of people that I meet with actually, because I think it might be helpful for them to look and see, or even just to think about what is your criteria? What are you looking for? And what do you feel? And I emphasize the feel. What do you feel is absolutely essential for you and why? Because I always ask why. (laughs) Um, What about the character? of the person how important is that is and 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 most of you would say well hugely it's hugely important but there are some who would say i'm I'm not really too fast one of the ladies on this indian matchmaking program said sense of humor don't care it's really not important to me i I just don't care i don't i don't care whether he's he's funny or not funny or it's not it's not important to me whereas a lot of people list sense of humor really high up on their list you know um so the character of a person how important is that and what characteristics do they need to have for you and do you and it's okay to say well I just don't know I don't know when I see it I'll know it but I don't know and that's great because it leaves you more open to find someone who's maybe not so funny but is actually really good at um money management for example or is a real visionary or is a hard worker or is a great provider or is very loving and affectionate or is fun or is a a bit of a thrill seeker you know it's absolutely fine absolutely fine um what about the image how important is that to you does the person have to look like they've just stepped off a catwalk or are you happy to be open about what the person looks like Um, what about their interests? Do they have to have the same interests as you or would you rather have different interests that you can share with each other? There's also the risk that there would be no interest whatsoever in each other's activities or pastimes and hobbies. Um, and they could, that could build frustration as well. If that person is throwing themselves into a particular activity and they're really, really involved in that thing, it could cause friction for you. Um, but if you have the same interest, for example, you both love rock climbing, then it's a shared interest that you could do together. But how important is that for you? And then also the status. Are you looking for status? Does money bring you status? Do titles bring you status? Does employment, jobs, you know, business bring you status? How important is that for you? All of these things are to be considered because there is a feeling of of not feeling fulfilled that could have you frustrated in a relationship and a marriage but also consider that a lot of the things I've just mentioned have been put upon us by the media by the movies by you know the the, the imaginary worlds that we we live we 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 exist in really because when we think about um without getting into a huge debate a lot of people had a lot to say about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, for example. But how many of you would walk in her shoes? How many of you would want to have that life? Well, some of you would say, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) I'd do that. I love being on camera. I love the media attention. I love all of that. But do you want the scrutiny? Do you want the dictation of what you can do, what you can't do, what you can wear, where you can go, what your baby must wear, what your baby's names must be, you know? Um, the pressure to perform, the pressure to look a certain way, would you really want it? Some of you may still say, uh, yep, I definitely, I'd take it over what I have now any day. But we're very quick to judge from the outside 
But if we had to walk in that person's shoes, you know, the pressure that comes with that. Any of you that own your own business know that you can't really take your foot off the pedal. You can't take six six weeks annual leave, you know, and, and, and take a year off and travel the world. And you have to be attentive to your business constantly. And if you are somebody who's in the public eye, even if you're not a huge celebrity or you know, for whatever reason, but if you're in the public eye or you're known for any particular reason, the scrutiny can be so overwhelming. Um, and so when you look at things like status and finances and money and how important that is to you, and if you're looking to achieve that through marriage, through marrying into that thing, seriously consider whether that really would work for you. Um, then I just want to move on to when when with regards to dating when is a good time for you as an individual it's different for all of us what I would say to start this section off I would say just be ready be ready that doesn't mean you are ready but that means get yourself ready and that getting ready could take another three years it could take a few months it could be a short-term or long-term thing but be ready because the person that you are looking for, you want them to be ready. You want a, a good package. If it's not the complete package, because nobody is, but you want something close, at least, because nobody wants to see someone who's on their down and out, you know, who's really struggling, who's, you know, I, I, I don't want to name things, I don't want to insult anybody, but if you're, if somebody who is really at a stage where they are struggling, either financially or with accommodation or with their appearance or, you know, there's, there's such a range of things. If they're in that place, you probably would step aside. You'd, you'd go around that person to the next person who looks more put together, wouldn't you? You, you, you would maybe, unless you know that the, the circumstances or you've met the person and you've had some form of engagement with them to learn what their character is really like or to know that they've not always been this way, it's just a season that they're in. Aside from those things, if you were meeting the person for the absolute first time and observing them from afar or they're right in front of you, but what they're saying is, you know, doesn't meet with your requirements, you are going to judge them based on that. That person several people are also judging you so be as ready as you can be make it your mission to be ready and what does that mean Sonia being ready well if you know that you have financial issues begin to make a plan to come out of that debt because what, what you'll find is you don't want to meet somebody, meet that person, and then have to spend the next eight years undoing some of the stuff you could have done in your singleness, i.e. if you want to meet and not live with your par- parents-in-law, for example, you'd want to live in your own property, but you have so much debt and you are getting yourself into more and more debt, the chances of you being able to purchase a home straight away to be able to live in when you're married is vastly reduced. So if you sort yourself out now financially, you're in a better position for you and your partner to be able to have a deposit or apply for, you know, a mortgage loan and that kind of thing because you've got a good financial record. If you want to be with someone who is physically attractive and that means different things to different people, you know, you don't need to be a size eight. Um, 
or you know you don't have to be hench as a man you don't have different things work for different people but whatever it is that you desire or however it is that you individually feel at your best so you may feel at your best when you have a six-pack you may feel at your best when you've got a bit more weight on you you may feel at your best when you've shaved your legs whatever it may be do that get there make it happen or at least begin the process um you can't put a time on when you're going to meet somebody because again in my experience people meet at different stages of life um will you meet them when you're you're ready when your package is ready probably unlikely you may get frustrated because you were ready three years ago and it's still not happened you may be frustrated because you meet somebody when you didn't plan to meet somebody you don't want to come away from it but you don't feel ready you don't feel ready for them to see you um you know once you marry and you see each other in your nakedness you may not be ready for that you may not be ready to expose the state of your bank account you may not be in the place in your career that you want to be um so you can't put a time on when you will meet somebody, which is all the more reason why you should be intentionable, in, in, intentionable, be intentional about being ready. When God says you're ready, which he d- very rarely does, he often you know say to you audibly, you are now ready. But that's when you're more likely to meet the person because no matter how ready you think you are, if God says you've still got this, this and this to deal with, the chances of him bringing somebody into your life. And when I say him bringing, I'm not saying you won't meet anybody, but will it be of God? Will it be of God? Or will it be you going out and just finding somebody? And also, if you were to do a survey, you'd find that every single individual person has an individual story of how they've met somebody or the processes they're taking to meet somebody the way they go around things. We're all different. I have never come across two people who are identical and therefore we are unique. We're individual. We have to appreciate that, but we need to recognize that. We have to recognize that. And so in everything that I've said, I I guess my overriding message is finding love in lockdown can feel like it's the impossible dream. It can feel that there's huge restrictions in place. It can feel as if there's no chance of it happening now because you can't physically be out there meeting anybody. But actually, it can actually be the opposite for you. It could be, again, depending on your character. This could be a great opportunity for you to meet somebody online, for you to meet somebody because you've made yourself available with the events that are happening. There are so many events happening out there for single people, for professional people, work meetings, training courses, all sorts of things happening out there, community initiatives that are happening. Volunteer yourself. You know, how are you serving? You might say, well, I can't serve right now because I work, I usually serve in the hospitality team and that's not happening right now. My church isn't even open. How else could you serve? If catering is your thing, could you be feeding people in the community right now? Could you be feeding people who are at high risk and cannot leave their homes and pop to Tesco's? Could you be feeding people with the raw ingredients? So you may not be making meals, but you could be delivering shopping to people. You could actually be doing that as, an, as employment right now you know and so more and more people are ordering online could you be involved in that and that's just one example so we have a lot of excuses we do but if you get yourself ready 
the chances are you're more likely to meet someone, whether it's in person or online, you're far more likely to meet somebody um, than if you just sit back and wait for the lockdown to pass. I'm going to end there. I'm going to allow, I'm going to um, allow you to think and process on what I've spoken about. This podcast has turned out longer than I'd planned, but I do feel that this is a big subject at the moment. And therefore, um, I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. I'm going to leave you thinking about what you could possibly do to get yourself more ready than you are already. I'm going to leave you thinking about not locking yourself, your physical individual self down as opposed to your, your environment, but not locking yourself down because this obstacle, if you like, has come in your way. Make yourself available, get yourself ready, do the best you can. I'm not just talking about hair and makeup. I'm talking about the stuff that needs to get dealt with. We have a great opportunity right now, whilst we're in lockdown, to do some some of the bits that we need to do in private. So whether it's therapy, counselling, studying, reading, getting knowledge, you know, reading your Bible, getting to know God, drawing closer to God, asking God what he wants of you, asking God where your husband or wife is, giving opportunities to come across each other. It doesn't always have to be in person, but also putting safeguards in place, using wisdom, using wisdom in all that you do. Finding love in lockdown is entirely possible. There's a lot to consider, but it is possible. I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't listened to previous podcasts, feel free to do so. There there are um, additional um, podcasts where we speak to people who are dating. There's an A to Z for people who are dating. There's an A to Z breakdown for people who are married. Also, do make them available to people that you think may benefit. And until next time and until the next topic, have a a blessed day um, and keep safe.